one and only Noah Kagan. Noah, what's up, man? So great talking to you. It's good to see you, man. I'm, I really admire and respect the people that just like keep going, you know, and it's great that you've been, I've seen you now hustling out here on the interwebs. They were the worldwide webs before, not just the interwebs or the, <laughs> the, the X webs or Twitter. I still call it Twitter. Uh, Twitter. I still see you out there, man. Good for you. It's good to see you out there. I first heard, I mean, this is going to be a super blast from the past. Um, I first heard who you were from a podcast that you did with Clark, with Brian Clark. Um, wow. Gosh, before I was even really doing my thing, um, I think this was, I think it was like the original copy blogger podcast. I think it might've been his own personal wow. thing. He Brian had Clark like, is a legend, man. I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. And uh, there was this first wave where, I don't even know if it's like internet marketing, but online business in general, like the the online gurus of the sentence. It was like, you know, Steve Pavlina, yeah. Brian from Copy Bloggers, Seth Godin, Guy Kawasaki, and I was just like trying to be at the party. <laughs> so so that's so cool that uh, that you heard it at that time. Yeah, that was the first time I heard of you, and um, well, I, I guess I say that because I should be saying the same thing about you. I mean, damn, you're uh. How's it feel? We got so much to talk about, but you're like a oh, YouTube yeah. star now and you're a published <laughs> author. <laughs> like, how did that happen? You know, um, I did YouTube. My first YouTube was in 2006. So before you were born, Tim, oh, okay. like when you were born, I made a video. I was like, this is yeah, for that... my, my future friend, Tim. <laughs> and uh, I got to meet those guys too, right when they launched, when I was working at Facebook, which is you know pretty cool. They're like, yeah, we got the site, YouTube, I think it's going to be big. And I was like, nah, we're at Facebook. You guys are nobodies. Mm. And now YouTube is like way cooler, I would say. Yeah. And so recently, maybe six years ago, I was doing YouTube, but I thought I was supposed to do it. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to make videos. And it's like, I guess I'm supposed to make these things. And I kind of gave up after some period of time. And when COVID hit, I got back into that. And I just really, I was like, let me just do what I want. So I sure my I feel myself shirtless just talking about what I was doing with AppSumo and what I was doing in business. And I was like, I like it this way. Don't have to do it some other way. I'm just gonna do it. And I got, you know, a few hundred views. And that video's still on the channel. And I, I just remember exactly thinking what video you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yo, I like COVID. This is going great for me. Let me make a video about it. And uh people seem to enjoy it. Not a lot, but a few hundred. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep doing it that way. And yeah, I think as I've gotten older. I've, I've less like how many subs are happening or how much like sales or someone people ask me now, like how many sales of the book? I was like, I literally don't know. And I tell my publisher and the team not to tell me. It's not that I don't care about goals, but it's like, okay, that I can't control that, but I can control like how many times I'm going on shows or the marketing I'm doing for my own stuff or through AppSumo and same with the videos. Like, am I putting out these YouTube videos now that I just really like? Like I, I'm probably my number one fan besides my mom. <laughs> You know, yeah. and it's it's been crazy. I think a lot of success, what I admire now more than anything is longevity. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, anyone can be popular for a hot minute and anyone could chase popularity for a, for a hot second, but just anybody who's just finding what they're enjoying for themselves and the level of success they, they're, they're proud of, and then just sticking with it for a very long period of time, regardless if it's millions of dollars or hundreds of dollars or, or millions of fans, like that's definitely what, uh, what I'm aspiring for is sustainability. I was just writing about this. I, I still write my weekly blog post. It's a newsletter. I just, I'm old school. So I write a blog on an actual WordPress <laughs> and then I just send it out through email um, like we used to do. And uh, last week I was just writing about this exact same thing where, well, actually tell me if you relate to this. It sounds like you do. 
it's so easy nowadays to find people that are seemingly having success, you know, like Hormozy comes to mind. And within the last year, it seems like everybody's making the videos that look exactly like that. And before that, there was like Casey Neistat and everybody yeah. has a vlog. And um, I've fallen into that for sure, where you see what's working and you think, well, that's, that seems to be like the formula. Let me do it that way. Yeah. And then what you said is, as I've gotten older, and I've been saying that same exact shit to myself a lot too, like, well, as I've gotten older, oh, whatever, insert thing here, right? And uh, that's that's kind of where I've been at as well. It's like the first time that I've been able to just be like, you know what? this is what feels right for me and i'm just going to do it this way Oof. and like maybe it'll work out but maybe not and it just seems to be better that way and that's okay and yeah. that's, i remember at facebook there was these older guys they were in the 30s old guys you know i'm 41 and i was like old guys <laughs> and i remember they came in at nine and they left at five and i was like you guys are so lazy you guys have no hustle you have no heart you just right. come in and the reality is that they came in and just really did work well i dicked around for 12 hours and probably only did two hours of good work mm. and and I, as you get older, you understand yourself better. And it's hard because you have to be older to, to understand it. But I think at 40s, you, you have less apologies about what you actually like to do. And then you're just okay doing that. And if you can stay with these things, uh, it, you know, people talk about compound interest. I think there's compound business. Yeah. Whereby just keep doing YouTube or you, cause like you with copy blog, just going to keep doing the, po the podcast, going to just keep doing the post and you just do it over and over and over. Like that stuff really does compound uh, if you can, can sustain. And it's something that people are interested in. For a long period of time and as i've gotten older I, I just enjoy it as much i think that's been one surprising thing for me i thought holy shit i've been doing absolutely for 14 years this is really boring and it's like i'm i'm just as excited now than as i was then i'm probably more excited now because i think there's a really cool future ahead for us and everyone can do that just you know find something that oh shit i'm excited to do this for the next three years but the most important part for most people though is just getting started right now so you can look forward to that sure and this, the thing that I have been surprised about, I should say, is how long it actually takes to figure some of that stuff out. Like I thought when I was like 25, I was an adult. It's like, oh, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. And now that I'm 37, I was like, okay, I don't know if I know what I'm doing yet, but I know <laughs> I know what I'm doing a lot more than I did when I was 25. And like, you know, yeah. when I was younger, I was always in such a rush because I felt like time was running out. And now it's like paradoxically, now that I'm a little bit older, I feel like I can mm. be patient. I don't know how it works that way. Hey there, it's Tim. And I need to take a moment to tell you about this show's sponsor. It's a product called Hype Fury. When I was able to speak to Yannick, uh, who is the CMO, one of the founding partners of Hype Fury, and he agreed to sponsor the show, I was so thrilled. And the reason is because I have personally used Hype Fury for the last three years. And it has allowed me to build my social media following and my personal brand to over 70,000 followers. I could not have done it without Hype Fury. And I, I really, really mean that. I use this product every day and it's added so much to my business and to my life. So Hype Fury is a social media scheduling tool. It has three main features that I think separates it from every other tool. One, it it allows you to quickly create content and schedule them. So it's a very nuanced feature, but it's so helpful. Basically, I, I sit down at my desk in the morning and I type out my tweet, and I type out my LinkedIn post, and then all I do is I hit enter. And Hype Fury schedules it at the opportune time on Twitter 
and on LinkedIn. I don't have to think about it any more than that. All I have to do is sit down and create my tweets, create my posts, hit enter, and Hype Fury does all the work for me. Uh, second, Hype Fury makes it so that you can easily create threads. And threads have been the biggest value add for me in growing my following. So threads really helped me grow my following on Twitter. And those threads format themselves into longer form LinkedIn posts on LinkedIn. It's actually kind of funny. I made a video about this not too long ago about how, yes, like you want to create threads on Twitter. You want to be a thread boy because I'd say like 80% of my growth on both Twitter and LinkedIn have been from threads and long form posts. And I wouldn't have been able to format any of this without using Hype Fury. Uh, and then third, Hype Fury is really good for keeping you inspired. So what it does is it it shows you some of your most popular tweets and your most popular posts. And it, it basically gives you information. It gives you inspiration as to what your audience is looking for and what they most actively engage in. So you're never sitting at the computer thinking, oh man, like, what am I going to say today? What, you know, what kind of content am I going to create today? It's constantly feeding you new ideas, new inspiration, and it allows you to to quickly create this content so that you can continuously get yourself out there, continuously build your brand, and most importantly, turn that social media following into newsletter subscribers. So through Hype Fury, I've been able to grow my personal email list, timstads.com, to over 30,000 followers. That's turned into a business within itself. It's really helped me grow the copy blogger newsletter. We're at 110,000 followers right now. A whole lot of that is is also because of Hype Fury. So please, this is a product that I use every single day. I personally vouch for it. You can check it out at hypefury.com. H-Y-P-E-F-U-R-Y.com. And if you have any problems with it, you can send me a DM on Twitter and I'm sure I can convince you as to why it will add value to your life. So Hypefury.com. Thank you so much to Hype Fury for sponsoring the show. And let's get back to the episode. I regret rushing through the journey so much without just acknowledging all the things happening. Me too. You know, during the 20s, I was like, I just got to get rich. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm going to try all these things. I'm going to be so frustrated. I'm jealous about that guy. I'm jealous about that girl. I'm mad at this thing. And it was the same thing all along. I just smiled a little bit more along the way because we pretty much, I think it's almost not predetermined or predestined, but you know, if you have dreams, which one, I think I never realized like you could have really big dreams mm-hmm. and that sometimes you have to see it to believe it, but you'll probably get there and you, it's just, you decide how, you know, you want to experience it along the way. And so, uh, for everyone out there, just be a little, you know, maybe one positive self-talk for yourself. That's definitely something that yeah. I've gotten good at. I'm like, I'm probably my biggest fan. I think in the past I'd be my biggest enemy. You. We we know each other decently well, I, I think. I mean, you're not mm. like my best friend, but I, I feel like I know you yeah, pretty I well. Every day. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you seem from the outside to be in a really really good spot, like in your life, business, creatively, feeling good about what you're doing. Am I just like, mm. are, are you painting a really good picture for social media, or is that how life <laughs> is right now? <laughs> I think anyone whose stuff presents so well on social media is full of shit yeah i don't can we swear here i don't know if we oh, yeah, i'll totally. try to keep a pg pg12 uh attitude uh, you know i don't post a lot about my girlfriend online i don't post like the money or the things i'm doing online uh 
I think I just am trying to share things that I think are actionable and teach other people when I post on Noah Kagan or when I post on YouTube and, and things like that. And a lot of it is just stuff that I enjoy. But I would say, you know, when people post on social media, my girlfriend commented, she's like, look at this post. They have such a happy family. I'm like, that's the photo they posted. <laughs> so you don't want to try to live your life based on someone else's like imaginary life. And what I would say is in the past really three years, I've kind of done the work and I hate when people say done the work. So I'm, I'm always wondering, what do you mean? And yeah. I'll, I'll be specific. It's, I've evaluated and worked on how much I hated my work, how much I didn't like my relationships, how much I didn't like myself, how much I didn't like my living. And through literally therapy and working on each of these different areas, I would say that now I'm at a place where I'm still working on them. I think that work never stops, but I'm much more content and I'm enjoying all these areas. Like I love, I get to talk about million dollar weekend and that's what I, and I get to help people start businesses like that. And I get to make YouTube videos interviewing successful people and then promote deals on AppSumo. And this is what I get paid for. Like, holy dude, wake me up. This is great. You know, I worked at a cubicle in Intel. I know what hell is like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I lived at an 800 square foot shack because I thought that's what I was worth. And it was like, no, you could actually have whatever life you want to live. And so uh, now I live in a very nice few multi-million dollar man. I wouldn't say it's a mansion. Sorry. It's a, it's a house. Mick mansion. Mansion. There you uh, go. That's pretty good. Mansion. And you know, I live in Spain half the year with an amazing partner who, you know, through, I worked on myself in therapy a lot. She's super kind. I learned through her a lot and just these different areas. I feel more content and I see, you know, the, the, the other gurus out there and I'm like, oh, you, the, she has more followers and I'm smarter than her. And it's like, who cares? Let me just play my game and, and my my planet on my playing field. And, you know, am I proud of the work I'm doing? And maybe I can look at them for some inspiration, but then come back and like, do you have your internal validation? Do you have your internal pride? And most of what I've recognized, Tim, is that a lot of the most things that I'm proud of is that it's something I wanted and it was it was hard. Like this sure. book, putting together a million dollar weekend, probably one of the hardest things I've done in years. But I'm also so proud of it now and I'm really excited to talk about it. Cause I'm like, damn, I'm, I worked really hard on this, and I do believe it's it's transformational for people. Yeah. So yeah, in all these different areas, it was it was work to, you know, be alone, to go to therapy, to like change jobs, to finally figure out how to make AppSumo a way that I'm happy about. And yeah, in, in all these categories. So yeah, I do feel very at peace uh, with all things going on. That's doesn't really and to be clear, to this yeah, just just for quick, doesn't mean everything's going great. People hear that and they're like, wow, it's, everything's easy. You're on easy button. Literally yesterday, one of our key people at AppSumo quit. That was yesterday. Then uh, a few other things with the book didn't fall through. Someone rejected me going on the show. Uh, a few other problems. And that was just a Monday. <laughs> so the same problems are happening. It's just how I'm experiencing the problems is changing. This happened last time you came on the show. I was really excited to talk about uh, Send Fox. That's what it's called. Yeah, right? I got that. And we yeah, ended yeah. up just kind of talking about life half the time. So, so like, I really, really want to talk about your book. Um, you sent okay. me a copy of it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. I read it. I thought the word that you used was like teaching people. Um, your book really, really does that. You, you like get right to it. And as a, as like a blog first writer, I've always been trained to just like remove as much fluff as possible. And I think you did a really yeah. good job with that book, man. I, I, I mean that um, wholeheartedly. It like, gets right to the point. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it's, 
we treated it like a, a tech company, which is, I think, a different approach to writing. So one, I, I hired an expert. I think that's one of the things I've, I've used in almost every aspect of my life, which is who's the expert in these fields? Who's so at AppSumo, we've yeah. hired a, a marketing expert, Moody Glasgow, to be a CMO advisor to me in marketing. And we've done it for all of our executives. And so with the book, we hired Tal Roz. Uh, I hired him to help co-write it. And it's like literally one of the best business writers of the decade. He wrote Never Split the Difference, uh, which is a mega bestseller. And I, I think one of the things that was kind of fascinating about this whole process was that it's just not pretty. <laughs> I, I, I imagine, I think people, when they want to start a business like a book or they want to do a cookie business or they want to do software business, or they want to do a lawn business, yeah, like, oh, it's all pretty. And it's like, you know, it's a little messy and that's okay. It's really messy. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's messy and it takes a lot of revisions to get it great. Yeah. You know, and so this book, we did a lot of, you know, testing on the title and on the thumbnails and we did testing um, on all the, every single chapter. Right. So I, I think one of the other kind of takeaways on this, this process as well is like, how are you involving your customer in your product? And so that, you know, that's also made the book we cut from 65,000 down to 43,000 words based on customers telling us what they thought was confusing or what they liked. So I, I appreciate hearing that, uh, that you enjoyed it. Yeah, my, I did. My favorite part was actually right in the beginning. Um, can't remember exactly what the, what the title is called, but basically it's like embracing rejection. And I've talked about this a few times on on the podcast because it was such a transformational experience for me. Um, you might not know it now, listening to me, but in high school, I had a speech impediment. I, I couldn't say ours. So like if I were to say mirror, it would be like mirror. And I was in speech class for years and years and years. Um, and it was like really challenging. And for that reason, talking was always just very difficult for me. I think it's one of the reasons why I gravitated so much towards writing. And when I moved to Florida, um, basically got kicked out of Philly. The only job I could get was a sales job. And it was a phone sales job. And I was calling Medicare patients, basically trying to get people to switch from one like diabetic medical company to the company that I worked for. And, you know, I got hung up on and like told to fuck off and screamed at over and over and over again for like a year and a half. And at the time, I thought it was like such a curse in my life. Like, I was like, how did I stoop so far? You know, this is the only place in the world that would hire me. And, you know, all these years later, like the, the experience of being told no over and over and over and over again. And just, it's so, you actually think you're going to die. You know, like that feeling you get of rejection. It's so baked into like our survival mechanisms as humans, you know, because in, in the ancient world or whatever you get told no you get kicked out of the tribe like you're just dead you know and so that's like still in us in our brains but once you can drill that through that like it's okay to be told no god that was such a mm. huge huge lesson in my life and i was so happy when you started off with that with that section that's like a hard thing for people to get but once they do it's it's transformational dude 100 the chapter is called the unlimited upside of asking and in the book, we, we have stories like my father who didn't even speak English. Yeah. <laughs> and you start realizing that you can ask in small, silly ways. You know, we have the coffee challenge where you ask for a discount when you get coffee. I do that, by the way. And, and you do it. Yeah, and then it. you realize like they say yes and you get a discount. That's cool. Or they say no. And, and that's okay, too. And you realize mm -hmm. that the ego can get through it. And then when you ask in these kind of like silly ways... You're like, huh, maybe if I'm starting a business, I can ask this person to be my customer and they say yes. And I'm like, oh, I already know how to practice this. And you think of it as a skill that you can actually get better at. Yeah. Uh, most of the billionaires we've interviewed on YouTube, 
they actually say the most important skill to learn is sales. Sure. And all sales is, is asking. Yeah. So how do you practice asking? And there's a lot of frameworks in the book and stories that's like, hey, if you practice on coffee, if you practice on a dollar, now when you ask Tim to be your customer, if they say no, you're like, okay. Like yeah. I, I did a 40-hour business challenge last weekend to, to do the book live. And I asked my neighbor to, to mow his lawn as a new business. And he said no. And then I said, hey, I got this other idea, uh, DocuSign Alternative. He's like, oh my God, yes, I want that so badly. And I was like, all right, great. Will you pay me $100 right now? He said, no. I was like, what? I thought you're my neighbor, man. Like I bring you cookies every week. And he's like, nah, I just, I don't like being a beta customer. And then I went home and the next morning, Friday morning, I came back again and I asked him again. <laughs> and he said no again. <laughs> but, but, you know, I had 24 other people who said yes. Yeah. And you're, you're one yes away from changing your life. Like all these successes in life in business, the reality is just they had one yes. You know, I, I tried so many different businesses, over 20 before AppSumo. Mark Zuckerberg, he literally hasn't done shit in 20 years. He just created Facebook. He hasn't done nothing since. You know, all the other stuff he's bought, right? One hit. And so for, for everyone out there, just keep, you got to get started and you got to start asking for things. And then over time, you're like, holy shit, it actually can work. Uh, but you have to get going on that. And so that's uh, that I'm glad to, to hear that that connected with you. It really did. I've I've come to think of it a little bit more with yes and no's and successes and failures where like I've, this might make sense to you because I'm sure you've experienced it. And if anybody's like new, you're probably going to think that, that that doesn't really work that way because you see these like success stories and it's like, oh, wow, they hit it out of the park. But the truth is like, I've never really hit anything out of the park ever. It's just been a continuous, like fall forward, fall forward, fall forward. And then five years later, I don't feel like I've actually succeeded. But then when you look back at the last five years, you see like, oh, wow, I'm like so much further ahead than I was. And it can be difficult because, well, maybe it's different for everybody else. But for me, it's been you know, I keep waiting for that, like, yeah, like I did it, you know, like, mom, we did it kind of moment. Yeah. And it just hasn't been that way for me. It's been a lot more about what you're talking about, like constant rejections with a couple yeses. And then that yes puts me forward a couple of steps. And then one day you wake up and you're like, damn, I think I'm doing it, you know? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just been I, I my experience. Yeah, some of what we're looking is like, you know, I've been thinking about this extensively, which is like the external validation versus internal. Yeah. And so we're looking for someone else to acknowledge like, oh, shit, it's like some big grand slam. And I, I remember that when I was dating in college, I met a girl, and, uh, I won't say her name, but I met her and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Right. And you meet these couples. Oh, my God, it's amazing. And then, you know, they break up like a few months later. And then you meet these other things where as I'm getting older, it's not so much like it's going to be the high, high or some low, low. It's just like, oh, I'm proud of this. Yeah. And then you just kind of do that consistently. And, and it doesn't mean it always works, right? We put out, a, you know, most of our YouTube videos probably average a million views. We put out one last week, 6,000 views. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> right? Yeah. That was like, okay, someone's off there. But I'm like, okay, what can we learn? It's okay. It's not so much. I don't feel egotistically like, oh, I'm a failure or it's bad or good. It's just like, that's what it is. How can we learn for the next video? Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes in all these, whether you're doing blogging, whether you're doing podcasting, whether you're doing a service business or whatever type of business, you're going to face some type of failure. And the ability to get, go and start again 
and give yourself another chance, which we all, we all can do is, is literally the difference from where you are and where you want to be. For sure. There was another section of the book, which um, I thought was great advice. And it's a lesson that I wish I learned years ago because Ooh, tell. I would have made definitely more money. And uh, <laughs> the uh, shit again, I should have had the, the PDF in front of me. So I remember the names of the chapters, but it was after you talked about email being the money machine and you said like, start your cash register. And I think you talked about Navel. I've never met him. Did I pronounce his name right? Your buddy? Yeah, Navel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Neville, Neville, Neville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct. And um, the automation he wrote was about like selling through email right away. And I was pretty scared to do that in the beginning. You know, I wanted to have like a nice automation where you introduce yourself and it's like, hey, I'm not here to bother you. I'm not like going to hard pressure sell you and almost like wanting people to like you through email. And one day I was like, yeah. you know what? Let me just sell right away. And as soon as I did that, the sales for Coffee Blogger Academy like skyrocketed even through my agency. Um, I put an automation together, giving away a free ebook for my, for my agency. And these are, you know, five, 10, $20,000 a month deals where you think there's going to be like a long yeah. sales process with it. But even just that simple act of putting a sales email, like right at the very, very beginning, it's a, it's a game changer. And uh, I yeah, wish I learned you, that man. one but sooner. I mean, the, the thing I, of the story I was just mentioning is such a powerful reminder for every business, whether you're an agency, whether you're a blogger, whether you're a content creator, whether you're a software provider, whatever, have an email list. Totally. 100%. Use sendfox.com, which is what I use for free. There's ConvertKit, there's MailChimp. Use email because just like I told you on YouTube, they decided to show my video to 6,000 people. <laughs> and maybe the videos suck, but then it's like, I'm literally, if I want to get the message out, I, they, I cannot through this platform because they control my fate. And so an email list is one of the best ways at scale to be able to communicate or set up an autoresponder like you did as well to automatically around the clock be working for you. And so in the book, we talk about how do you use social for growth, but email is really for profit. Do you, I mean, I know the answer to this. I'm always shocked more and more. It seems like people rely on TikTok and social media more and more than ever, even though it feels like for the last 20 years, we've been talking about you don't own your social media. You don't own your social media. Build an email list. And it's like, I don't know. Like, email has been dead for 20 years and not though. Yeah. Like when is that, when is that going to happen? Is that just always going to be the way it is? Is email is like the money is in the list? <laughs> I mean, I think what helped me succeed in the past few years was doing less of these platforms. So I really only did YouTube and email. And those are the only two. It was like, get audience on just one. And for me, YouTube was the one that I felt relative to the amount of work and the unique angle I could take. I could grow it a lot better than in other channels. So I only did that. And then how do I turn those people from watching the videos into my email list descriptions or lead magnets, meaning say, hey, if you like this video, I have a template for you. Go give us your email at noahkagan.com. Does that work? And, and those are really all I did. And so only now, you know, years later, uh, I'm doing, I have a team. So it's easier to do some of these other areas. Uh, for email, I would say for everyone out there, you know, a lot of people either don't have a business today, Tim, they're like, I don't have a business. What's well, like, well, if you want to start a business, it's a lot easier if you have an email list sure. or two, if you already have a business, try it out, try sending email right now, pre-selling something. Hey, we're going to launch this agency. We have, we're going to launch this course. We're going to launch this product. Um, send me, hit me reply if you're interested and just see what happens. And I think once you finally have that experience, you're like, oh shit, I'm going to grow this a lot more intentionally. Mm -hmm. Like absolutely, you know, it's $80 million business, half our revenue 
at least half, if not, and if not more of our profit comes from our email list. You don't have to pay in, you don't have to pay for ads every time you want to send an email. But if you want to promote someone on, on Twitter or Google or Facebook or YouTube, you know, you have to pay for the ad again. Not with it. Every email doesn't cost you that much more to send it, if at all. Okay. Hold on a second. I need to pause there. I have a couple more points about your book that I want to touch, but you said Please. two things there, which I'm really curious about. The first one with your YouTube channel, is that effective to put eBooks and giveaways in the description? Do people really click through on the descriptions? Like, do you build, do you effectively build an email list through your YouTube channel? No. <laughs> so the answer is no. We've done a few where it's like, Hey, if you like this thing, go give me your email. The biggest point about it is it has to be relevant. So only two ways have worked super, super well. So when I interview these billionaires, it's like, Hey, if you want to have a business like them one day, I have a course for a limited time. So you have to have some urgency, which it was limited. Now the price has gone up. Mm. If you go to monthly one K you can go get the course on uh, monthly one K for like 10 bucks or 20 bucks. I think now it's 50. Um, and that worked, right? Cause people were watching the, I said, Hey, if you want this too, to be like this person, this is the course that I would recommend and myself that worked really well. The second thing was how do you create something that they super want? So a lot of times it'd be like, Hey, if you like this video, I've got a free download, uh, called the lost chapter. It was like one of the chapters we didn't include in the final copy that did not work at all. No one gave a shit, wow. but we, in one of the videos and some of the content recently, I don't even think it was in a YouTube video. I said, Hey, I'm coming out with my, how I do my yearly planning. I'll give you my template on my email list and you can see my yearly goals that exploded my email list. Cause it was super fresh and people all wanted it versus some of these other things, like a lost chapter. They're like, I don't care. Uh, so I think you have to think about the context and the really demand if it's something that they actually want. And so those are the two that, that worked best for me and our team. So did you put those CTAs in the video, like you on the screen yeah. saying, go yeah. check this out. Okay. Yeah. So in the video, generally uh, you have to look at your attention grasp, but even that doesn't super matter. Yeah. Just put like halfway, give or take, you can get more sophisticated. So I'm not going to get into put it in the middle. Just say, Hey, if you like this video and you want to do something, I have a limited time monthly one K go to the website and grab it. Same wow. thing with, I think the yearly planning one we actually posted, and this is underutilized. If you have a YouTube channel, post on your community tab, you can post there just like you do on Twitter. And so I think we're posting there almost every day and it comes up on YouTube, mostly on YouTube, mobile, uh, images, text, and links that you can put in there to get people to take action or go join your email list or mm. go buy something. Man, there's always so much, it's always something new to learn. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, next side quest question. 80% of your revenue comes from email from AppSumo. How is that even possible? So we're, we no, let me clarify. We do $80 million a year in gross sales okay. of all the different products that we do for software deals for solopreneurs, agencies, freelancers at AppSumo. Half, about half, if not more of our revenue of that 80 million. So around 40 million bucks comes from the email team. Yeah, <laughs> it's so bonkers. Staggering. The other, the, yeah, the other percentages come from Google ads yep. and then our affiliate program. Uh, a little bit, I'd say the rest comes from like organic and SEO traffic, but the majority of awareness is, I don't know the email list size, maybe it's a quarter million actives, but it's more that there's a team that every day there's a team, I think it's seven people. I mean, it's, you, we invest in it, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of people, Chris is leading the team is awesome to really kind of focus on like, how do we make sure we send one great email a day that gets people excited? So to summarize, email is still <laughs> the profit generating channel. No question. Yeah. I mean, 
the thing to think about for others out there is like, oh shit, I'm going to go do email. Email is, you don't necessarily just grow an email list. You can grow social yeah. and then you transfer them into your email list. But if you have any customers that can go in your, those can be an email list for you. If you have friends in your network. So I started this 48 hour business. Um, I wanted to create a DocuSign alternative. I was like, oh, I hate DocuSign. I hate subscribing to it. I want AppSumo eventually to create one. Let me validate, see if I can do it in 48 hours to get people excited. I searched my Gmail for anyone who sent me a DocuSign or hello sign in the past five years. And I just emailed those people or I called them or texted them. That's an email list. And so think about where you're going to grow the email list from or what you already have in your network, LinkedIn, uh, contacts, your Gmail, whatever that you can use to create your own email list. And, and again, don't just add people without permission. I hate that. It bothers the shit out of me. But ask people like, hey, I'm starting this email list or I want to send you an email. Is that okay? Yeah. I think it's really cool that you just like get after things. And I don't know how else to like explain it. The fact that you go around <laughs> and you knock on people's doors and you just ask them <sighs> if you can interview them, like that's that's a thing that you either really need to train yourself to do or you just kind of innately have it. My guess is that you had to train yourself to be just like action oriented, action oriented, like bias towards action, bias towards action. And, uh, I think, I think it's probably served you. It's been one of the main benefactors of, of you doing so well. Yeah. It's not exclusive. It's not some ability that everyone can't learn. Yeah. Right. I didn't grow up. It's not that I grew up six, five and I can, you know, throw a football, right. It's, it's a skill. And that's why in the book, you know, about asking, it's like, start silly, start with a coffee and then you get a yes and you get a yes and you get a no. And you know, don't go up to someone's door. You know, another one you could do is the compliment challenge. So I did it literally yesterday. Uh, we were out at a restaurant. I saw this guy with this green jacket. I just went up to him. And I was like, hey, man, I like your jacket. He's like, thanks. And I was like, and normally I'm like, hey, where'd you get it from? And it's a really safe way to ask. Mm. And you do that. And it's like, okay, now let me keep building up my fire or my skill set. I don't, it's like going to the gym and trying to lift up 500 pounds. You have yeah. to go and lift up five pounds and then you get bigger and bigger. And so, and to be clear, when I go up and knock on doors or yachts or private jets, or, or any of this stuff, I'm still very uncomfortable and I go and do it anyways. And that's what courage is. It's what are you afraid of doing it anyways? And then being proud of yourself and out of 10 no's, I like rejection goals. So I try to get 10 rejections. I'm always surprised. Like we did one, I did it a few days ago where I asked strangers on the street for a dollar, part of the book. It's called a dollar challenge, not where you're supposed to go on the street at all. Don't, don't do it on the street. You're supposed to do it in an easier way. And I give you scripts and ways to make it easy. And I was really, in, I was probably anxious for about a week to do that. Wow. And then I went and did it. And I literally, almost every single person was saying yes to me on the street. And I was like, we actually had a film. I'm not joking. We had to ask people to reject me. I'm like, hey, I'm going to ask you for money. Can you just say no? Because we kept getting so many yeses. And so again, I, you know, these asking things is really selling. And in all of life, it's asking, asking for a raise, asking for someone to go on a date, like your wife or her to ask you. Uh, asking for a sale, asking for an interview. It's, it's all a practice. And so how do you, how do you get better at it? It's not immediate, but it's a skill that everyone can develop over time. Uh, I wouldn't encourage everyone to go knock on doors, you know, but success leaves clues and you can go ask people who are successful. Everyone has someone in their network who's successful. Maybe it's your dentist, maybe it's your doctor, maybe it's your lawyer, maybe it's your cousin. Hey, can I just take you out to lunch and, and meet with you? Or do you know one person? And that's, I still do that to this day. That's how I've invested in some real estate because I rented a parking spot from a guy. I said, how do you own a parking spot? He's like, oh, uh, I, was, I can tell you about it. I was like, cool, I'll take you out to lunch wherever you want to go. Just asked. And yeah. so 
I think especially the book, it encourages you like the upside of asking is unlimited and you can get things that you want versus otherwise you're just going to get what you get. And the downside of the ask is you might get a very brief rejection that, yeah. and guess what? No one cares about it. And no one cares. I know that's like the thing about it. That's so, that's, uh, it's so hard to grasp, but it's very liberating once it comes through like, Hey, nobody cares. And then you can just be what you want to be. Uh, okay. Yeah. I got one more section. Hit you me, bro. talked like about last time yeah, I had you on the pod, you said something that actually really, really stuck with me. And I mean this as a compliment because it was kind of the opposite of how I've always done things. And I've such I've since leaned a little bit more towards your style. You said, I only make one goal a year. And this is when you were just starting to build up your YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, I bought like a couple websites during COVID, especially because I had too much money and like too much time. And every time I would do it, I would think like, uh, I remember, I just, I just remember you saying that. And it really stuck in my head every time I was making Good. these decisions, like what would happen if I just did one thing? And, um, you talk about that in the book, you call it battle tested playbook, the one goal for, for this year. And, you know, in the past I may have been a little bit more towards like try a bunch of stuff. I think at the beginning, it's probably better to say yes to a whole bunch of stuff just because you don't, you never know where life's going to take you and you, you build experience and you build a reputation and you just say yes to everything. Right. But, but as time has gone on, I've seen it more and more important to say no to almost everything and to go all in on one particular thing for a year. How would you relay the importance of that, that lesson to, well, to somebody reading, to someone reading your book, reading Million Dollar Weekend, but just anybody asking you on the street. It works. That's it. It works. Yeah. If you want success, copy successful people. It works. And so I'll, I'll just give you goals over the years. I've always picked one goal, one thing. So this book, it's to get 1000 positive reviews. That's your goal for that's this it. year. And so I literally, that's my only goal for this book. Wow. Like there's other things that could happen that I'd like to have happen that I'm not naive about. But if I can get a thousand people to leave a review, ideally positive, so I literally have a spreadsheet of a thousand people who've pre-ordered the book, have been a cinema book and say, Hey, if you've liked it, you mind leaving a review. That's it. And I can, I'm going to literally check each person off one by one. I've emailed every single one of these people myself. Uh, AppSumo.com. Our goal this year is net revenue, not gross, which is 56.6 million net revenue. Wow. YouTube channel, 1.25 million subscribers. That's it. Each the different things has just one goal and. I learned it from Zuckerberg directly. He was very clear on one goal, which was a billion users. And what I found is when you have multiple things to try to accomplish, it makes it very hard to focus. Yeah. And I, I've seen an entrepreneur, this guy named Jake, who I really like. And recently he started a business and he came back and he's like, I'm gonna do a new one. And I was like, you haven't even gotten the first one going. And there's so much more in what's working. The best businesses are the ones that work. So you have Copylog, you have this great business, in my opinion. Thank you. How do you 10X that? And again, I don't even care about 10X. People are 10Xing too. The people are thinking about 10Xing. Sorry. How do you, is there ways that you can consistently just grow that? It doesn't have to be dramatic. I would say I've shifted my belief. I believe you should still have one goal, but I think the goal should be less ambitious, but you can do that less ambitious goal consistently for many years. Yeah. So AppSumo's growth rate this year, I think it's around 6%, 7%. My YouTube channel goal is like 20%. Uh, this book goal, it's brand new. So, you know, just to get a thousand reviews, like very achievable goals that I can do and compound them over a long period of time. The long period of time is that's the hard part and the easy part. 
simple but not easy i think it's uh in the beginning of this podcast you said you said that to me like i appreciate people that keep going it's actually the best compliment i ever got in my life was my dad and i didn't think he meant to give me a compliment he said uh (laughs) that's you tim like you're mr consistency and i i just got lucky it's like in my personality i just find something and i just do it forever and um and i i think it's really the most important thing and i don't think there's like a close second like yeah you can get lucky sometimes and 1000 acts like you said something that someone's like an anomaly but if there is one skill set that i've seen consistently with with successful people it's just that it's just doing the same thing over and over and over again for years when it's not fun yeah. and no one's paying attention Yeah. I mean, I, I would say also for me, I'm I'm excited to do these things, whether a lot of people are watching it, like my YouTube videos, if no one watched, if we didn't, if we had a thousand views, but I like the video, I'm okay with that. If this book sells a thousand copies, because I only had a thousand people, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I do think it's, it's, it takes time, but find the thing that you're excited to be bored with, you know, like absolutely. Well, we've been doing deals 14 years and I'm more excited now than ever. Cause I'm like, wow, there's so many cool deals. <laughs> that we could get that I still want. And there's more other software products for solopreneurs that we can help promote that we're not doing yet. And if if I thought it was already finished, I wouldn't want to keep doing it. But I'm like, make it exciting for yourself. Like I learned this phrase recently, which is put it on the calendar. Like if your life sucks, put something cool on your calendar, (laughs) right? You can be the author of your story. And so if your business sucks, you can change how that is. Doesn't mean you have to do a 180. But can you have something that you're looking forward to finishing this year? I always like this for myself, which is if you don't know what's going, if you don't know what's going on or you don't like what's going on, just write out a story of December 31st of this year. So today's January 9th. So December 31st, 2024, what does the end of the year look like? And guess what? Just work backwards from that. And a lot of times when I felt confused in life, that's uh, really giving me a lot of guidance, the, the fantasy year. And you write out this crazy fantasy of what the end of the year looks like, and then you sit with it and you cross out some of the bullshit, and then you have a little bit of what you really like. Maybe there's one for relationships, one for work, one for yourself, uh, one for travel. And you're like, damn, that sounds like a great year. Let's go make that happen. I love put it on the calendar. We uh, we did that recently. You know, My son's two and a half. My daughter, what is she, 15 months. Wow. Uh, it's been a lot of work, you know, like <laughs> it's been a lot of work. And um, I got this investment opportunity in Thailand and I, I brought some more of my <laughs> like, That's a weird opening if I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I could tell you about it. I, I can't quite talk about it yet. I got an NDA on it. But uh, we, um, I, I was talking to my wife. I was like, Jules, do you want to fucking go to Thailand? And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. Let's put it on the calendar. Let's just go to Thailand. And so we calendar. leave. Yeah, we leave. Uh, today is is January 9th. And so we leave January 17th. And um, wow. I, I yeah, just for relating to that. You got to have something. You have something to look forward to in life. And it doesn't have to be big. You know, I think sometimes uh, I was talking with a guy this morning. He's like, I got to do big extreme stuff. And I, and I think that was a mentality that made me have big swings of happiness yeah. and sadness. Versus, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And it doesn't have to be a big thing to go change your life. It could be going for a walk, like, or it could be, oh man, I want to go get ice cream on Friday, right? Or my girlfriend wants to go to HEB. It's the market out here. And so tomorrow I'm like, baby, I really want to take it to HEB. She wants to go today, but I'm like, baby, I, I, got, I have stuff to do, but let's do it Wednesday. Come on, Wednesday night, HEB, baby. I'm going to take you. She's like so excited to go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Silly, but it, you know, for us, there's something to look forward to. Totally. Put it on the cow. Yeah. Put it. And, on and the by cow, the way, dude. text me. 
text me, man, if you need a safe word while you're out in Thailand. Like, hey, <laughs> banana. If like something bad happens, let me know. I'll like yeah. look out for you or like call the embassy. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. We got a pretty sweet Airbnb. Um, but yeah, it's always good to have a backup plan. You never know. All right, man. So last question. You're you're a published author. I, I saw the yeah. video of you with your unboxing of your book. Um, yeah. How's it feel? I mean, seriously, tell me about it. That's a real, writing books is hard. Ah. It's really hard. How's it feel to be a published author? It feels better than expected, actually. Wow. Better than I thought it would. Um, I don't know how other authors feel. I do know, I remember I called friends. And again, one of the things I teach at the end of the book about how to you know, do marketing and yeah. grow your business is how do you connect with pre-fluencers? So I connected with Tim Ferriss and James Clear and Ryan Holiday before they were really famous at all. And I remember calling Tim early on. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a book. What's your advice? He's like, don't do it. It's really hard. <laughs> and it I was way harder than I thought. And it made me, you know, face my own, my own, can I do this? You know, we all have these fears yeah. and we all can do it. And I think that's probably the ultimate takeaway from my book is that just get going now and you realize that you can't actually do it and you do have the ability. And I realized that for myself, putting it together. So at the end of the day, uh, with Million Dollar Weekend, seeing it now and re I read it. I read it a lot, actually, which sounds, I don't know if that sounds strange. And I'm so excited to share it with people because I truly believe if someone wants to change their life in 48 hours, me and Tall and all the launch team who've been a critical part of it have really put together something special. And so uh, I love, like I've been shipping it off to a few buddies and I sign it and, uh, or there's a, a kid I mentor, he's 12, who lives in like, like Bumble Town, Texas. And I was like, man, this is, this is a chance for you to be able to improve your life. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's exciting to mail it out. And I'm looking forward to launch day where people can get it in their hands and, you know, take action. I don't, I don't make money on the book author. I mean, some authors might, you don't really make money on books. You make money on speaking yeah. or consulting or maybe writing your second books, but I'm already, I already make all my money on software stuff. And so for me, it's really kind of curious to see the action and lives that people change for themselves. Like already this guy, Pat, it's actually crazy. His name is Pat Gostick. Uh, I actually featured him at the top of the book and he messaged me yesterday that he quit his job. Oh, and I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. He was doing customer support out in Poland and his dream was always to be a YouTube consultant. So helping people run their YouTube channels. And he's like, I had a, he, we talked about a little, I think freedom number, but talk about freedom number, which is in the book about being able to achieve, to be able to have freedom and what that number is. And he's like, I can finally do what I want to do. And I love it. And I was like, man, that's what I want to see a lot of. And I'm excited to see people do that for themselves. Congratulations. Thank yeah, you. it's, um, I'm truly really happy for you. It's a lot of work and it's been a long it's time. It's really coming. a lot of work. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I think I've had a lot of good things happen to me and I've never really accepted them or I've never really embraced them until lately I feel good about myself in the mm. past, you know, maybe two years. And so as these things are happening and as I'm, I'm honestly doing the work, meaning, the amount of effort and look, no one pays for effort. They pay for problem solved, but my pride and how I feel is paid for an effort. And I feel like I've put in the, the, the sweat for myself where I'm excited to, to share this. And if it sells a lot, great. If not, that's okay too. It's the same reason I was telling you, like, I haven't opened my YouTube. You get like a plaque for a million subs. I guess it's just not, I'm not motivated on that. I'm motivated to like go up and who am I going to interview that I can share their story or what can I share about how we run AppSumo that I think will help other people in their journey. And can I make a video I'm proud of? And yeah. that to me is candidly is more important than getting a, a plaque that says how many people are subscribed to the channel. Yeah. 
show how many people like you. <laughs> uh, all right. Today is January 9th. You said that it's it's not on the market yet, is it? No, no. This book comes out January 30th as launch day. So hopefully launch this day. show will come out around January 30th. Yeah, no problem. And then I, I hope at the end of this year, my dream, I'll be curious your dream. My dream is that people have bought in the book and then have taken the 48 hour challenge and either this weekend or one of the 52 weekends this year, they've done something that moved them a little closer to their dream. And that I'm living, I think it's December 31st, I'll be back in Austin with my baby. So I'll have a newborn. We were talking yeah. about that. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. And just really being, having, you know, being an entrepreneur, it gives you the ability to, to spend time how you want. And so ideally having a lot more, having a, a lot of flexibility to be with my family and my girlfriend and my kid as much as possible. Uh, and that's, that's definitely what I, I'm aiming for by the end of this year. What about you? Oh, geez. It's the beginning of the year. I don't even, well, first the Eagles need to ruin everybody's bro, hopes and dreams. And the Super Dude, they're, Bowl. they're falling asleep at the Look, wheel. Bro, we're still in. It's not over. I'm not against it. I'm for the Eagles, man. I just don't know what's going on. Yeah, me neither. But this is, this is how it works. This is going to be the kind of weird year where we win and we just get the rubbing in everybody's face forever. Um, so Dude, obviously so. this is recorded and I can't take that back, but I'm born and raised in Philly, so I wouldn't take it back anyway. Um, <laughs> Man, I, I'm I'm in a strange place in my life as well where like I'm okay with not working sixty hour weeks anymore. And I've like put myself in a position where mostly everything is running without me. Up next is building a sales team for the first time because I've always been the closer for all of my companies, especially like my agencies and stuff. Um and so that's uncomfortable pulling myself out of the closing role because I was always like the rainmaker, you know, and uh, it's hard to get that, but that's my goal by the end of the year to, to right. not be the closer anymore. And honestly, not yeah. even be the CEO. I've been the CEO of my company for 14 years. It's, it's wild. You know, the kind of employees all over the world. I'm like, what does my life look like if I'm not a CEO anymore? But um, I think I'm there. So that's where I'm at. Sometimes it's scary to admit what we really want. <laughs> I was talking about it to uh, my director of operations on Slack and um, she basically knew she could just tell because she follows my blog and she's like, yeah, I've kind of been waiting for you to like actually just say this for the past six months. And so like, I'm happy that you said it, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's scary, man, but I'm there. That's, that's where I'm going. That's what I want. And, um, I'm doing it. Good for you, man. Yeah, it's funny because like people ask on the other side, like, do you want to be CEO? I'm like, yeah, I love it. Like, I love the people I'm around. I love our team. I love the customers. I love partners. I'm like, I don't. I have plans. Like, I don't want to quit yet. Mm. Maybe one day, yeah, but it's not on the docket for the next three years. Yeah. Well, good luck to Eagles. I'm rooting for the Niners. Real talk from the Bay. So okay. I'm hoping they they step up. We'll see. Yeah. Um, MillionDollarWeekend.com is that where they can buy it? Yeah. Is it all on Amazon? MillionDollarWeekend.com. Yeah. Check it out. Change your life in 48 hours. Great. Thanks again, Noah. Congratulations, bro. I'm really happy for you. Thanks. Congrats on the family. I'm excited for you for fatherhood. It's a wild ride, man. Buckle up. And um, we'll do this again soon. We'll do this again another two years, all right? I like that. Thanks, awesome.